listening to It Matters with Kelly Kors on AM 1240 and 95.3 FM WJON. Welcome back. Thank you so much for uh, taking us along with you wherever you're going today. It is time now to talk with Kelly Showstrom uh, for our budgeting basics. Kelly, it's always so fun to have you on the show. How are you today? Hi, Kelly. I'm doing really, really great. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk about, can you afford to lower your monthly payments on your debt? And lowering monthly payments always sounds like a, yeah, I can afford that, right? But it comes with some strings. And so, um, yeah, today we're going to talk, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into debt, into those monthly payments, into loan terms. And we're just going to try to educate everyone a little bit to see if it's a good idea to, to play around with those debts. I'm glad you're talking about this is one of those things that I've been like, I've got things in line, my credit score is way up, and I'm trying to make sure that I keep it that way. So this is really a good topic for me too. And I think Kelly, as just our market is forever changing and interest rates are going up and down and there's always, you know, variable versus fixed, it's always a good time to kind of think about is the the debt that I'm signed up for, is it working for me? Do I need to adjust some things? Do I need to pay it off because it's not affordable? Um, do I need yeah. to increase my income because it's not affordable or what have you. And so it's always just good to keep it in the back of your mind, something that you kind of keep a pulse on um, because sometimes we lower the payments um, for a specific reason. And sometimes we try to increase those payments. And so, yeah, let's kind of dive into why you would do um, one thing versus the other and whether it's a good idea for you or not. Yeah. I think a lot of times people will like lock into a a home mortgage and think, okay, this is the only thing. It's always going to be just like this. And they don't even know that they have options where whether they may be working on their house and increasing that, their home's value or whether they might run into a situation where maybe they've increased the value of their home, um, but situations come up where only one of them is working and all of a sudden the payment that used to be really easy becomes difficult. They do have options when they've been taking care of things and putting equity in their home. Exactly. And also, I'm um, just speaking of the home, you know, we always kind of hear about the 30 year mortgage and we all sign up for that. And, um, and it's great. And it's, you know, the payment is hopefully affordable at a 30 year rate. And, um, but then there's the Dave Ramsey, you know, methodology of getting that 15 or 20 year loan. And so you want to reduce the amount of time that you're paying on that loan. Um, you might have a little bit more of a higher monthly payment, but you're going to be debt free from that mortgage a little bit sooner. Um, but basically it comes down to the term of the loan, how long you're going to have that loan for, um, Um, And then what your monthly payment is. So whether you're talking about a car, a house, whatever it is, um, you want to kind of look at those two things because usually the longer the the loan term is, the amount of time that you're going to be paying on that loan, the lower your monthly payment, right? And so let's use that 30-year mortgage, for example. If you just are like, first house or we just have flexible income and we're kind of all over the place and we're not in a place in our life right now where we're trying to hurry up and pay off our mortgage. Maybe you start with that 30-year loan. You have an affordable monthly payment. You have maybe even a fixed rate and life is good, right? And then maybe you might get to the point where the kids are graduating from high school or you have increased income and you can kind of pay more than what you were paying. Then maybe we want to look at refinancing. Um, That'll lock you in. And then you can have that that lower or that higher monthly payment, but you have that lower term. And so instead of paying off your loan in 30 years, you might be able to pay it off in 15 years, a little bit of a higher monthly payment. But again, if you have less expenses around the house or if you have higher income, you can probably afford it. And then you can just save the amount of money that you're paying on interest over time. Mm, yeah. 
that's the kind of stuff that you really need to think about. Just don't don't just sit there and, and let things pass you by. Look at options. How do you even know who to trust, though? I guess that's a big thing. How do you know who to trust with those questions? Kelly, that's a great that's a great question because there's so much financial information. I mean, us being one of it, right? Um, on online, on the radio, in the news, and so I always just go to the big tr- the trusted sources that um, maybe my local bank. Um, and so I usually bank with credit unions, so they're often um, a good tool or a resource, even if it's, if it's a bank that you've banked with a while. For a while, I maybe would stay away from some of those big names um, because they're a little bit more profit um, centered. Driven. And yeah. yep, so they're going to want to, of course, sell you that loan. Um, I also online, I go to NerdWallet quite a bit. Um, they're a good just educational resource, nerdwallet.com. Um, and you can just read about some of the loans um, that are available to you, what kind of rates are right now. And you can just get an idea and compare your rate, your loan terms um, to what's kind of the average right now. Um, because it's just basically having the insight and the knowledge, because like you said, Kelly, we don't want to get complacent. We don't want to just have this loan because, well, we signed up for 30 years and here we go. Um, if things change and we can afford to pay more, um, let's use that to our advantage and let's try to get it paid off a little bit more quickly. Or if things are really getting tight at home, maybe we do extend the life of the loan a little bit, knowing that this is a, a decision that we're making because we want to not go further into credit card debt or we want to not be able to put food on the table, right? And so we're just making smart choices based off of information. And so looking at NerdWallet, looking at talking to your local bank, your lender, um, and just kind of, you know, checking to see what other resources that you use, whether it's, you know, CNN or Moneyline or whatever other articles that you like online that you can trust. Um, Take maybe a little bit of grain of salt information from all of these people combined and kind of see what the general consensus is. You don't want to dive too deep into one resource over another. Yeah, I... I, I find this really interesting because my goal has always been, you know, I want to provide a home for my kids. I'm like we, when we lost everything in Kentucky, I really wanted to be able to start over and rebuild and make sure that they always had a place that they could call home. So it's always been a goal like that is my goal is to pay off this house and and it's going to be mine or I'm going to be able to pass it down to my kids. And I had somebody present this idea. They're like, you know, you can that that's a great goal. But they also said, be smart in that process, live in the moment because you can pay your house down, you know, keep moving with the times, getting those payments, keeping them affordable or maybe paying it off however you want to do. But if you don't get it paid off and let's say you are now at retirement age, but you've paid most of your house off. Now you have equity in this home and you can say, okay, what should I do now? And they've said, sometimes you can even work it out where you've paid off that much and you can even reduce your payment to basically just two or $300 a month. It might be different in the future. Um, and just be able to just, you know, make that payment off of social security and still stay in your home. I, I thought it was a really interesting perspective. Yeah. I think that that goes to this, this common theme that we're having today of just, you have options, right? And so don't think about your monthly payment as your forever monthly payment or whatever you're paying right now is what your kids are going to pay when they inherit your house, because it's definitely not the case. And who knows what financial options are going to be, you know, 20 or 30 years from now um, anyway. And so, I mean, my husband and I are doing the exact same thing. We're actually using some equity. We're taking out a HELOC to redo our kitchen. We bought the house knowing that we are going to do a kitchen remodel um, Mm -hmm. and it's going to add incredible value to our home. um, And it's going to be worth it 
it for my sanity to have an up- updated kitchen yes. and not one from the sixties. <laughs> um, and, and so, and at the end of the day, Kelly, y- you and I are not anti-debt, right? Like it's, we're, we're not these people that are saying everything has to be cash and all this kind of stuff, but we're anti-bad debt and we're anti-debt that we take on because it's an accident or we didn't know any better or we didn't make a good decision. And so sometimes having debt for a better quality of life or peace of mind or redoing your mortgage to make it an affordable payment because life is just a little bit tougher right now. Um, All that kind of stuff is okay and you can't beat yourself up over it. But the kind of debt that we want to stay away from, Kelly, um, I was just reading that the loan terms for car payments are actually going up and car payments are always a good example of bad debt because usually it's just kind of a a quicker decision. You know, we're talking to the sales guy and all we, you know, we're signing papers all of a sudden and um, we don't always need a brand new car, but sometimes we think we do. And so traditionally um, car loans have always been that 24 to 60 month mark, that two to five years, right, Kelly? And nowadays Mm -hmm. they're actually going up to the 72 to 84 month mark. So six to seven years. So going from two to five years to six to seven and Kelly, if listeners have learned anything from us, what does that mean when we increase those terms? It's that we're paying more interest over time and we're more, we're adding on more months to our life that we're making car payments and that we're reducing the amount of money that we're going to be able to use from our paycheck. And it just kind of spirals. And so think about the loans that you're signing up for. And am I doing a longer term because it's responsible and I'm going to rework it once rates get more affordable or once my income comes up? Or am I doing it just because I'm a little lazy and I want a cheaper car payment, not really doing the math and realizing that you're going to be paying more over time? Yeah, I encourage people to, you know, when you see your neighbor get a brand new car and all of a sudden you're going, oh, I'm driving a car from 2010. You know what? I say if your car from 2010 is working, Hats off to you for not going underwater and sinking because that is money in your pocket month after month when your neighbor might be paying $500, $600 a month for the next eight years uh, and paying for that car twice over. And here you are just being able to bank the money until you need a car. I think it's a smart decision. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back when you go, they bought a new car. I hope that they're doing the right thing. I hope they could pay cash for it almost, you know, instead of having to pay that big debt. Yeah. And I hope it's not stressing them out. And if it doesn't stress them out or maybe a new car is their thing, right? Kelly, we shouldn't compare what others have to us because maybe a new car isn't your thing. And you find yourself wanting this new car, even though you don't really care what kind of car you drive. Um, And it's amazing what, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses and our neighbors can do to our psyche. And so, um, you know, they might be barely affording that payment. They might be, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And you just see this outside beautiful new car in their driveway. um, And you don't realize kind of what's actually going on um, behind the curtains. And so I've always driven an older car. My thought, um, what my last car that I had was a 2010 Santa Fe. Um, and my thought is I can hit things accidentally in the parking ramp and it doesn't matter. My dog can <laughs> puke in the back seat and it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Like all of this stuff, Kelly, I'm like, why would people be paying for these shiny, beautiful cars? N- just knowing what life is like, and it's hard to keep those shiny cars shiny. And so Um, Again, though, if a shiny car is your thing, let's look at your budget. Let's look at your debt. What is maybe not your thing that we can reduce a little bit? So maybe you don't need that huge house. Maybe you don't need to be buying the latest fashion trends and you're racking up some credit card debt. Um, Maybe you don't have to buy, um, you know, whatever it is, we can all have our nice things, but we just can't have nice things in every single area of our life. 
Right. We got to pick out what's most important to us. Exactly. I always wonder, like for you, for you, having an older car, do, do do you or your husband, are you guys able to fix things on a car? <laughs> Is your husband able to? Is he like a- really I'm going to say no, Kelly, and I'm laughing right now because we have a van from the 70s in our driveway that we oh, bought funny. that we are going to fix that is still sitting there. So if anyone needs to buy a van, um, <laughs> no, but this is what we do, Kelly. And this is how I teach all of my clients. We, instead of that monthly payment going towards debt, it just goes into a sinking fund for auto repairs. And so instead of $500 a month going towards, um, you know, Wells Fargo or whoever, $500 a month just goes into our separate account into a sinking fund for the car. And anytime it needs repairs, we have money and it's not stressful. And then if we don't need to use that money, it just keeps piling up. And then we have a good chunk of change to buy a new car, to upgrade a car for a down payment on a car, maybe like whatever it is, but we have the money there and we're ready for it. Yeah. All right. Well, if people, we've only got a couple minutes here. Um, you provide so much help to so many people, friends of mine that I know, um, my kids, I'm always like, Hey, I know you don't listen to mom, but for a gift, I might want to buy something for you to just talk to somebody else. Kelly Shostrom would be a good person. How do people find out more about you and kind of the services that you offer to help them uh, study kind of through their debt and get in the place they want to be? Yeah. So they can go to kellyshowstrom.com, S-J-O-S-T-R-O-M. Um, and there you can find all sorts of resources to get started today, Kelly, whether you want to pay or not, right? Um, our whole thing is just educating people. I paid off um, over $46,000 of debt in 20 months um, because I just found a way that worked for me. And I found that it actually works for a lot of people. And so don't get stressed out by these big names and their debt plans. And you've tried and you failed and you can't get it to work because there is is a way that you can get your debt paid off. There is a way that it will work for you. You just kind of have to find something and tweak a method um, that fits into your life. And so kellyshowstrom.com, you can get started with free tools. There's a freebie library. Just enter your email so that you can get access and all the tools are available immediately. Um, so you can start with the 90 day expense tracker that I always talk about. And there's a ton of other interviews and resources to just kind of let you start dabbling and, you know, getting your debt and your budget in order. Um, and then if you're ready to kind of dive in, you can buy one-on-one -on -one classes with me. You can buy the course that I have um, that's available for life on my website as well. So lots of different options to get started. And the key is to not use anything as an excuse, right? So there's free yeah. tools, there's one-on-one -on -one tools that we're talking about. There's individual guided lessons that we're talking about. Whatever works for you, just kind of get started because you're going to regret um, not getting started sooner than later. And I'm, I have to take my own advice on this and I want everybody to listen. Worry serves no useful purpose. If, you, if you're in a spot where you're like, oh gosh, this is so overwhelming. You know what? Give yourself some grace. Take a break. You can work it out. Say you are here. You've got resources. We're giving you resources to figure things out. You can do it. Kelly, exactly. thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. It's Kelly Showstrom. KellyShowstrom.com is where you can learn more.